Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. Really excited to be with you today as we will be joined by Jimmy Page. He's a speaker and a writer, and he's a part of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and his new book is called Wisdom Walks, and we're going to have a great conversation about wisdom, and I think you will be really, really uh, just inspired and encouraged by Jimmy. He's got tons of energy really great insight and perspective and for me wisdom is one of the best things we have available to us but we have to be intentional about gaining wisdom sharing wisdom and and that's what he talks about so uh you'll you'll really get a lot out of this conversation stick around at the end i'll give you some more thoughts on on kind of my Lessons learned in regards to wisdom and and some of the things that stood out to me in regards to what Jimmy shared with us. Before we do that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. It's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Also, I want to invite you to a virtual conference coming up on June 20th, so the day before Father's Day, it's called Man Up Charlotte, and because it's virtual, anybody anywhere can watch it and be a part of it, and so I know we've got listeners all over the place, and so I encourage you to check this out, manupcharlotte.org, from 9 to noon on June 20th, plus there will be replays and bonus content, and so make sure you register at manupcharlotte.org. I'll be interviewing former Panthers Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tolbert, plus previous guest here on the podcast, Derwin Gray, is our keynote speaker, and we've we've got tons of other great content and and aspects that are a part of the conference that you'll love. So I hope you'll be a part of that and, and really appreciate it. All right, right now, let's jump in. Here's Jimmy Page. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on Unpacking It is Jimmy Page. He's a speaker, writer, trainer, and leadership coach. He is the co-author of several books, including One Word and Life Word, and currently serves as the divisional vice president with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. His mission is to inspire and activate the heroic potential and greatness in others. He's joining us today to discuss his newest book, Wisdom Walks, 52 Life Principles for a Significant and Meaningful Journey, wisdomwalks.org. Jimmy, it's great to have you on Unpacking It. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing great, man. Thanks again. Looking forward to our time together for sure. A- absolutely. Well, we're going to talk all about the, the book, but, but first up, I, I was curious just how has FCA as, a, as an organization handled the last few months? How has the, the ministry been affected? How, how have things been going? Well, you know, there's been obviously a lot of challenges, right? And I think it, it really is truly a measure of the quality of your people and your leadership that when you're faced with great adversity, how do you handle it? Mm. You know, are you ready for it? Are you prepared or are you caught kind of flat-footed? And one of the things I love about FCA, the fact that we're um, so focused on the coach and the athlete, right, impacting and influencing through the world of sport, is that we've got some really great leaders. And as soon as the, the COVID-19 crisis hit and our, our life as we know it changed so dramatically, we immediately converted our in-person, kind of in the huddle, in the locker room, on the field ministry to a virtual platform. Mm. And we did that within two weeks. Within two weeks, we moved from an in-person ministry to a virtual ministry. And in many ways, we've had opportunities to expand to and reach coaches and athletes that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise because none of them were competing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we, had, we had a captive audience of sorts. So we made a really quick, a very effective change from in-person to virtual, and uh, we're super thankful for the, you know, the great leaders we've got. Oh, man, that's awesome to hear. Very, very encouraging. And, and what about for you personally? Has there been, I don't know, something that you, you, you've learned through the last few months or something that, that God has revealed to you uh, just specifically with, with everything that's been going on? You know, I think, I think primarily a couple of things. One is just how important relationships are, right? Yeah. Physical, in-person relationships are so important. And, um, and oftentimes we take those relationships for granted until all of a sudden you don't have access to those people in the same way that you would otherwise. And I think the second thing is to really control what you can control. Mm. You know, there's many things in life are beyond our control, even though as an athlete, a competitor, um, I don't like to admit that very often, you know. <laughs> We like, to, we like to think that we're actually in control of more than we probably are, but I've learned to surrender some of that, control the things that I can control. And then this is something we've learned in the last year uh, working with, uh, with some former Navy SEALs is to look to always turn adversity into an advantage. You know, life is always going to bring challenges and adversity, but if you can receive that adversity – and say, what can I do in the middle of that challenge? What can I do in the middle of that adversity to turn it into an advantage? How can I capitalize on that challenge, right? And and in the biblical context, how can I take that adversity and turn it into an advantage to to advance the kingdom of God, Mm. to minister to other people in a more proactive way, even than maybe I was, you know, in my normal everyday approach. That's a great word. No, I, I appreciate that. Adversity into an advantage. I, I wrote it down. I, I like that a lot. <laughs> well, well, I was looking at your, your Twitter account and, and noticed that, that you were uh, responding to the, the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30 documentary and, and come to find oh, out you're a, you're a writer yourself. And so what, what did you make of the, the documentary and, and did it change your thoughts and opinions on Lance Armstrong at all? Okay, so you had to go here, right? <laughs> you know, the, right you in the controversy. That's, right. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we, as a dad, 
uh, my all my boys were growing up in the Lance era, mm. and uh, we got we really got into cycling because of Lance Armstrong, because of his story of overcoming unbelievable adversity personally with the cancer journey, and then and then he really turned that into an an empire of sorts, if you will, of positively influencing people who are going through cancer. Yeah, and he he changed the narrative on cancer from one of, um, you know, doom and gloom. It was a death sentence. And he said, Hey, we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. We want to teach people how to have a mindset of a champion, how to approach cancer as not something to, to be defeated by, but instead something to be conquered. Mm. And I love that about him. And then of course, later on, so my boys and I, we would literally watch the tour, every stage of the tour, wow. you know, year after year. Yeah. I yeah. always, I always and, wondered who, and, who did that. Uh, right. <laughs> Listen, buddy, no, it was me. It was me. That's good. And, um, yeah. And then we got into that. So it was really special for us. I think growing up, I think the other thing is my wife then went through her own cancer journey. Mm. Uh, I guess it's been a, 11 or 12 years ago now, 12 years ago now. Wow. So we immediately had another connection to the Lance Armstrong movement, if you will, mm. uh, the Live Strong movement. So we see, we saw a lot of the good and a lot of the positive uh, impact that he had. You know, as a competitor, of course, we can't tolerate the, the cheating, lying, using performance-enhancing drugs, you know, he certainly made, uh, you know, so many mistakes over the course of his career as he was winning. Um, but when I saw the documentary, still, I'm still inspired. I always look at the circumstances. I put them through a biblical lens. Mm. I kind of take the meat and throw out the bones. Mm. And I say, is, is there anything I can learn from Lance's experience uh, that helps me be a better person, that helps me learn even through his mistakes, not to make those mistakes, for example? Mm. How do I use that as an example? So I saw the uh, the documentary as a little bit more insight into who he is as a person, as a competitor. There's certainly, uh, I think he's learned a lot, grown a lot. Uh, I think he's had to make amends for a lot of the mistakes he's made. But isn't that really kind of like all of us in yep. many ways? Yep. No, it's good. You know? It's good. Because, yeah, I mean, I think as sports fans, you know, there's a whole conversation. But the, the way we look at athletes and what through what lens – and, and I feel kind of a, a similar way with, with what you're saying about Lance Armstrong, how I feel about Tiger Woods. And, and so there's, yes. there's, you know, there's so much inspiration. There's so many aspects of the story that you just can't help but love and cheer for. And then there's so much disappointment yes. and we're let down and all that. And, and so as sports fans, we've got yeah. to navigate through that and it's tricky. And so that's why we just have to be careful, you know, how much we, we put these guys up and, and, and always recognize, yes. hey, these are flawed athletes. But let, like you said, I like that. You take the, the meat, throw out the bones type of thing um, and focus yes. on that. So that's good. I, I don't know if you have any th- yeah, other thoughts. A, well, yeah, and as a fan, too, you know, like I'm not necessarily looking at athletes to be my moral guide no. necessarily. No. Although, although, you know, many of many, many coaches and athletes are walking in great relationship with Christ. I mean, it is. There are people like the Dabo Sweeney's, the coaches like that. Um, there's many. I mean, there's hundreds of them. And, and there are thousands of athletes who are competing for Christ. So, yes, there are, there are people in sport and uh, in the coaching aspect of it that you can look at and go, man, I love the boldness of their witness. Mm. I love the fact that they live out their faith. And, and we do point to those leaders because in FCA, we really believe that the coach is the most influential person in our, in our culture right now. Yeah. Um, they've got a big voice. 
not only publicly, but also in developing the next generation of men and women, young men and women, um, to live out their life for God and, and make the most of whatever platform it is that they get. Definitely. So, you know, I, and, and I also love a good redemption, redemptive story, right? Oh, you yeah. know, when, when someone makes mistakes and yet we root for them, we pray for them. And when we see change and that they come back and maybe even that they come into relationship with Christ, man, I just love that. I think as believers, as fans, we got to be rooting more for people mm-hmm. instead of against people. That's right. You know, I, I hate the idea of hoping that people fail. That just isn't part of my, my DNA. No, no. And, and yeah, what's so interesting about all these documentaries they've been showing, you know, with Michael Jordan, I felt the same way. It was like, man, there's so many qualities to, to be inspired by. And then I was turned off by a lot of the things that maybe I, I didn't realize as a kid growing up watching Michael Jordan. And, you know, coming up this next weekend, we've got the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. That's still my favorite oh. summer of baseball, <laughs> and, but even though it's oh, yeah. been, been clouded. So, uh, it's yeah, it's very it's very interesting. But but to your point, and, and we, of course, uh, believe this as, as well here at Unpacking It, that, that there are so many great athletes and coaches that we can learn from and grow from that that really are walking with the Lord, that have a deep faith and that have experienced so much that they can share with us. And, and so we, we do look to a lot yeah. of those those guys. But again, not holding them up as as having it completely together like like any of us. So um, that's right. So, yeah, so appreciate your, your perspective on that. And, and that, that kind of transitions well just to, to the conversation about wisdom. And, and, and so you, you co-wrote a, a book called Wisdom Walks. And I, I'm, I'm a big uh, fan and believer of wisdom and, and understanding it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you, your book highlights life principles that offer the opportunity to get wisdom, to grow in wisdom, and to give wisdom so, so why did you decide to write this book, and, and what can readers expect from it? Well, I, we, this book has been a lot of fun to create because it really is what I would consider a practical, gritty field manual, if you will, for how do I, how do I learn and grow in my faith, and then how do I use it, how do I put it to practice in my own life, and then how do I influence other people along the way to fulfill their God-given potential, to live with that sense of purpose, right? Because the Bible isn't, it's not a book just of good principles. It's actually meant to be put into practice, Mm. to be lived out. So our mantra is this, live intentionally, maximize relationships, and pass the torch of faith. Mm. And this is 52 core principles that if you get into this, we we pull these these, um, legacy type principles from the Bible we create just fun stories, high impact stories that everyone is going to relate to. And then we, we challenge people. All right, now what are you going to do with this? Mm. What are you going to do with this core principle? How does it impact you so that you can impact others? And uh, we've seen just tremendous life change through these principles. Oh, that's excellent. And, and one thing I like to do when, when we take, you know, kind of words and we're focusing on, on the word wisdom, and I know you're a big word guy too, with, mm. with being uh, one, yes. one word in the, the book you wrote about that. But, but the word wisdom, I, I think, you know, we, we know what it means, but do we really know what it means? And, and I would even ask you too, what's maybe the difference between wisdom and knowledge and, and information and, and, and how, mm. you know, how do you define wisdom? And, and, and how you put this book together, I guess. Yeah, wisdom, you know, really. So the difference between information or knowledge, which, by the way, we are consuming information at the most rapid rate 
uh, in, at any time in history, right? Oh, yeah. There's more information. You know, we, we have access to more information um, and know probably less than ever before because we could be in a room and say, hey, who did, you know, we can ask about a fact and someone will say, well, let me Google that. No one knows. <laughs> nope. Nobody knows, but, but we all have access to information. The beauty of wisdom is that it changes uh, not only the way you think, the way you feel, but it also changes what you do. Mm. Wisdom is taking information, it's taking truth and knowledge, and then applying it rightly to life. You, it's skill for living. Wisdom is skilled living. Mm. And for me, isn't that really what we want to do? You know, I want to make better decisions. Um, I want to uh, look at a circumstance and be able to see it with a different perspective. You know, the scripture would tell us with, uh, with an eternal perspective, with the mind of Christ, you know, how would God look at that? And then what do I do with it? So mm. you might be able to know a lot of information. And I, and I do believe this is true, that the, the biggest gap we're experiencing right now uh, personally and in our culture and in our communities is the gap between knowing what to do and actually doing it. Mm. And that's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom comes in to say, let me take my knowledge, let me take my perspective, and let me do something about it that honors God and is a blessing to others. Amen. The book is called Wisdom Walks. You can find out more at wisdomwalks.org. And, and I just want to kind of go through a, a couple of the, the big topics from the, from the book. And, and, of course, there's you know, 52 different principles to, to, to look at, but, but just a few of them. Um, this, this idea, especially where we're at right now, where we're coming out of this season of, of really being isolated. And, and thank, you know, like you mentioned, thanks to Zoom, we've been able to connect with people you know, virtually. But, but one of your things is don't go alone and, and, mm-hmm. and the dangers of isolation and the need for accountability. So where does wisdom come in when it, when it comes to isolation? Oh, it's such an important topic, right? And, you know, we kick off the book with this idea that friends will make or break you, mm. that your closest relationships, that inner circle of, of, for a man, that inner circle of other men who are doing life with you and for women, the same uh, with women, you know, is that inner circle of friends are going to be the ones that influence you most to either stay on the path of walking with God and growing in your, in your knowledge and your faith um, and or walking away from it. So the enemy's strategy and his, he, his strategies are pretty, uh, there aren't very many, but mm. they're very effective. Mm. And one of the enemy's strategies is to get you uh, separated from your group, from your tribe, if you will. You know, the, uh, the antelope who gets separated from the, from the herd gets hunted down by the lion. I mean, it's just, it, that's what they do. In fact, they'll separate one out so that they can have victory. And it's the same in life. Mm. When we get isolated, when we get separated from that deep relationship with others, where we're in honest uh, community, where we're bearing one another's burdens, when we're sharing our, our greatest hopes and our, and our deepest struggles, when we get separated from that, we tend to make foolish decisions. Mm. We tend to think that we're the only one that's going through a particular situation. And we we start to get discouraged. Mm. And, uh, and then that snowballs, doesn't it, into more and more kind of self-destructive decisions. So we've got to stay in community. We've got to reconnect with people who have the same passion, have the same belief and values, so they can encourage us along the way 
and and we can avoid some of those pitfalls that that really uh, end up hurting us in the long run. No, no question. And and you mentioned earlier just the idea of living intentionally, and and I think mm. being intentional with relationships is so key. And and I find that it it becomes the struggle or the breakdown in relationships too, because we'll sit around waiting for someone to call or waiting for you know someone to invite us to do something or to have a conversation versus taking mm. the initiative to do that. So I don't know what, what's your yes. kind of thought on, on that and, and how that, that translates. Yes. It's so true, right? We always, the gap between um, wanting intentionality, wanting to do something and actually doing it. And that's why we, we tell people to assemble a dream team. You know, like I have two, I have three guys in my inner circle who are accountability partners who are what I, we would consider warriors. We've kind of created this relational model and the warriors are the people that are doing life with you in a similar stage of life who are uh, living on purpose and have a, a vision for their future, but at the same time uh, are there to help you as iron sharpens iron um, experience your best life as well. Uh, experience the purposes that God has for you. So when you're intentional about that, you actually put a, a meeting date on the calendar. Mm. If you're in the, ta- in the same town, you might get together for, you know, in this case, for a Zoom call. But in normal life, you might go get coffee and spend an hour, hour and a half together. And you, you do that every week or you do that every two weeks. So it's on your calendar. You never miss it. And you book it. Mm. Because if it's not on your calendar, you're probably you're going to miss it more often than you hit it. Man, that's that's so crucial. And, and, and you mentioned the dream team. I'd love for you to go through kind of those those four elements to to what a dream team looks like. So watchman, uh, yeah. warrior, workman, and 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 uh, I guess the the walker is the the one that is in the middle. Is that right? Yeah, these are the four key relationships, and and life is really all about relationships. And you know you're going to have many many friends in your life, but that inner circle is really reserved for for people who are like minded, like hearted, living on purpose. Uh, who want to see each other uh, live their very, very best for God. So it all starts with you. The first relationship is the walker. You hit it. It's your relationship with God. It's are you um, walking with God in a way that is uh, that is honoring God and growing? Are you engaging with God daily? And that that's where all all relationships start, right? And then then you've got your warriors, and those, as I mentioned before, are those close friends. It's mm-hmm. your inner circle of of uh, others who are um, who are going through life at about the same stage, and a warrior always challenges and encourages. Mm. Uh, these are your closest friends. They're they're not willing. They accept you for who you are right now and where you're at, but they're not willing to let you stay there. Mm. Um, we're always striving for better and best. Um, and then the watchman is someone who's a little bit further down in life, you know, that maybe is a season or two ahead of you who has, um, you watched their life. You've seen them live skillfully, you know, with wisdom and you've asked them to pour their experience into you because they will guide and direct. And we all need someone who's a little bit further down the road of life, who has navigated it well, not perfectly, of course but who can help you make decisions today that will lead to your best future. That's the watchman. And then the last relationship, which we think is really important is the workman. Mm. It's where you in your walk with Christ. Now you're, you're making a disciple of someone else. So 
you are pouring your life into the next generation. You're, you're imparting the wisdom and the experience that you've experienced over time into that next generation and, and raising them up to walk with Christ in a, in a meaningful way. It's a wonderful model. It's a great biblical model and, and cool that you guys, you know, have some different words to go along with that. Uh, but, but very cool. And, and in the book, it's got kind of a, uh, an image illustration that shows this. And, and so definitely check that out, uh, in the book. Cause, uh, yeah, I'm a big, big believer in that, that whole model for sure. All right. A mm. couple other, uh, aspects from the book, uh, the four O's of life, and, and when it comes to decision-making, what are those O's, and, and, and how critical are they when it comes to making the wise decisions in life? Well, it's interesting because, you know, we, we're all going to be, uh, in many ways, shaped by opportunities that, that we have, right? And, and I think all of us are going to be um, given choices. And that's one of the things that we love about life is, and, and the application of wisdom is that we're all going to have um, a, a lot of choices in life. Mm. And we have to look at the opportunities that come for, come to us. And um, he's given us gifts and abilities and strengths. And as these opportunities come to us, we have to realize that God is opening doors for us, right? Yep. God is giving us opportunities, and he's asking us to use our unique gifting, our unique strength um, for something bigger than ourselves. And we have to recognize that, as I started our conversation, we don't control quite as much of, of life as we like to think. <laughs> um, but, the op- but the opportunities that are presented to us are oftentimes um, God presenting us with, with choices and opportunities along the way. And we also know this, with every opportunity comes opposition, Mm. right? Anytime we're presented with an opportunity, we can expect, in fact, we should expect to have opposition. If the opportunity comes from God, the enemy will 100% of the time present opposition because he wants to discourage us early on in that process. So if God plants this opportunity, this dream, this vision in your head, and he says, this is the path I want you to take. If it's something that's godly and from God and it's important, then opposition will come. You'll receive doubts. You'll, you'll have challenges that you didn't expect. And I often like to think of those challenges and opposition as confirmation. You know, mm. a lot of times people will shrink back because, oh, man, well, maybe this isn't what God wanted for me because I have all these challenges and opposition. And I like to turn that perspective a little bit and just say, wait a minute, maybe that's actually confirmation that that's the path that God has chosen for you. Because if it is, you're always going to be opposed on that path. Yeah. Being able to discern, is this something I should walk away from or is this something that I should step into even more, more decisively? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then the question is, on top of that, will I be obedient to what God is asking me to do? Mm. You know, am I going to? Um, trust that, that even in the opposition, even in the challenges, that God is going to do something great through that. And a lot of times, obedience, of course, requires courage. You know, it gives us an opportunity to uh, exercise our faith. And even when we don't know how it's going to turn out, to continue to walk in that obedience and just say yes to God. Amen. You know, and the last Amen. one is outcomes, you know, being able to trust God with the outcome. So, you know, we're given opportunities. We face opposition. We uh, discern the voice of God and walk in obedience, even if things are hard. And then we trust God with the outcomes, knowing that 
he really is responsible for how things turn out um, that we can't oftentimes control the outcome, but we can every single time control our attitude, control our effort and control our obedience. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, we don't necessarily have to get into this, but uh, also in the book, Seven Steps to Success, that kind of part of this whole wisdom conversation and the principles, engage God daily, pray for wisdom, stay hungry and humble, be authentic and transparent, value relationships, be persistent and consistent, trust God for life change. So that, that all adds mm. up very nicely. I, I love that. So the, the final uh, thought, though, just as we, we wrap things up with Jimmy Page, uh, in your bio, I, I read that your mission is to inspire and activate the heroic potential and greatness in others. And, and not that we have to go real, real deep into this, but, but just briefly, what, what does that mean to you? And, and maybe even how does the, the book fall into that, that mission? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, for me, you know, we're, we're all made in the image of God. Um, you know, we're created uniquely, and God says, you are my beloved. You know, you're special in my sight. Every single one of us is born with the imprint of God on us, in us, on our life, and we're made with great purpose and potential. So there's not a single one of us that, that doesn't have the mark of God on us just in the way we're created, that we're his image bearer. So you have to know that if that's true, that we have this incredible potential for greatness. And greatness doesn't mean necessarily that you're on the podium if you're racing or that you win a trophy or that you win championships. But greatness instead is oftentimes found, number one, by finding your unique purpose and mission in life. Mm. It's you being able to say on a daily basis, how am I living out my faith? And secondly, I think that greatness is in um, the small things. You know, a lot of times it's doing the small things, the little things with excellence in serving others, blessing others, finding ways to make the lives of others around you better. So each one of us obviously has the unique potential to do that. And I know Martin Luther King Jr. has spoken, spoke extensively on that, that you don't have to be great to serve, but you have to serve to be great. And we encourage everyone, man, live your life in such a way that you pour it out for the blessing and benefit of others. Amen. What a great way to end it. He's Jimmy Page. The book, Wisdom Walks, 52 Life Principles for a Significant and Meaningful Journey, wisdomwalks.org. Jimmy, man, this was so inspiring and encouraging, and, and really appreciate you being a part of unpacking it today. Buddy, thanks so much. God bless you, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. There's Jimmy Page right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're back in studio to unpack the conversation we just had with Jimmy Page and unpack the topic of wisdom. I mean, think about it. It's such a valuable thing that it's sometimes intangible, I guess, but that it's available to us, but we've got to go get it. We've got to read God's Word. We've got to surround ourselves, I love this, with our dream team. We really do. Now, I think we can sometimes get wisdom, you know, one-offs from from different people we meet or, you know, you, you talk to a 
uh, an older guy and, and maybe even at the grocery store or wherever, you, you meet him at a family get-together or something, you get one piece of nugget, uh, some wisdom. That's, that's good stuff. But when we have a dream team that can really speak consistent wisdom into our life and help us make decisions along the way throughout our journey, it's huge. Because we need to have people that have you know, wisdom for specific areas. And so really uh, navigating and, and navigating and finding certain people that, wow, they've got a marriage that I would like to have, you know, or, or that's a great example of a marriage. Doesn't mean it's perfect, but it seems like, wow, that, that, that's a, the, the way they interact. There, there's something there. I want, I want to know more. So you reach out and you seek out wisdom from that person. And when it comes to finances, who's really wise with their money and who seems to be a really wise father or who's wise in the business world and in all these different areas, putting together that dream team. And, and sometimes uh, people with wisdom are younger than us or older than us or the same age as us. And, and, and I, did, I, I love their model, which we, we talked about during the, the interview, you know, having someone that, that is mentoring you, someone that you're mentoring and then those that you're, you're walking alongside, maybe similar stages of life, uh, it's a great model. A lot of people you know, have different takes on it, and so I appreciated uh, Jimmy's thoughts on that. And, and so, yeah, totally buy into that as well. But, but, but wisdom is available to us. We have to ask. And, and of course, we, we always want it to line up with Scripture. And so we, we can look to the, the book of Proverbs, which is wisdom. Uh, that's the most... Uh, I guess, specific book on wisdom, but wisdom's throughout the whole Bible. I mean, that's we're, we're seeking God's will and direction in His Word, and so that's He is wisdom. I mean, that's that's what He 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 knows all, and so we want to pursue Him so that we can gain as much wisdom as possible. And and like the Bible says, if we ask, we'll we'll get wisdom. So we have to ask for wisdom, and He will give it to us. And he will give it to us generously. And so that's a wonderful thing. And, and so one other thing that came to mind in, in regards to, to wisdom is, uh, oh, the, the, the saying that he said even earlier in the conversation, turning adversity into an advantage. And I love that. I, I, thought, that, I thought that was a great line. And, and there's wisdom in that, to be able to see our adversity, to see the value of it, to, to learn from it. So we're gaining wisdom. It becomes a, an advantage when we go through adversity, when we go through tough times. We just add to our toolbox and, and, and our character develops and, and we become you know, stronger, deeper in our faith, and, and we can become more wise when we're open to turning that adversity into an advantage. That was really cool. And then for me personally, uh, I've been, I guess, even more aware of being wise or seeking wisdom after reading the book by Andy Stanley, which is called The Best Question Ever. And, and the whole book is based around what, what he says is uh, the, the question, what is the wise thing for me to do in light of my past experience, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams? And so to use that lens to make wise decisions. And, and I think too often we you know, we, we just make decisions without really thinking wisely and thinking clearly. And we, we go through life just trying to do things kind of in our own ability or our own 
limited understanding and, and a lack of wisdom. But if we really would have taken a step back and said, okay, who can I ask? What, do, what have I learned from my past decisions? Let me think back on those. Okay, yeah, I've made this decision in the past. That one didn't go well. Ooh, this decision did go well. Let me, let me lean more toward doing that again. And then based on where I'm at right now, where I want to go, what's the wise thing to do? So I think that's, I think that's a wonderful question to, to always ask. And then going back to Jimmy's book, Wisdom Walks, 52 Life Principles, once we start learning these principles, then that helps us you know, answer that question of, of what is the wise thing to do because we understand what those principles are that factor into, as, as Jimmy uh, writes about, having a significant and meaningful life and journey uh, as we walk with Jesus. We become wise as we seek after him and walk with him and, and walk with others that are also pursuing Jesus. So it's a wonderful conversation. I love wisdom. I want more. Give me more. I want more. So where are we going for it? Where are we going to find it? And and are we aware of it and intentional and uh, really, really pursuing a path to wisdom? So and think about it, as we're, you know, our, when we take our uh, final breath or, you know, toward the end of our lives, when we look back and go, wow, all the wisdom that I gained. And then along the way, how, how did I pass it on to other people. And, and all of us have learned something. All of us have learned along the way, and it's added to our wisdom tank. And so are we able to, to then pour that into others and, and being uh, just open and willing to do that? Not just take wisdom, but give wisdom too. So awesome conversation. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can send me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Don't forget manupcharlotte.org. If you haven't subscribed to the weekday email devotional, make sure you do that on unpackingit.com. We appreciate the support there. And then finally, as you've heard me mention before, uh, we've got a big fundraising campaign for Unpacking It Ministries taking place in June where we've had a very generous donor step up and say, hey, I'll match donations. So if somebody donates, I'm matching it up to $25,000. And so... Whether you're uh, able to give $10 or $10,000, we would greatly appreciate you prayerfully considering it and, and jumping on board to support uh, what we're doing here at Unpacking It. The podcast, the devotional, the events, Fantasy Football Fellowship. Uh, man, we, we need your help. We want, we want to really position ourselves well so that when sports continue to return, more and more sports get ramped up, we're right in the middle of it all and, and, and we're... Uh, just we, we have the support that we need to keep going. And so we depend on you to, to help us. And, and so thank you in advance uh, for supporting the ministry. You can go to unpackingit.com slash donate. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. As always, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. 
For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.